Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. But they're all chasing Dare to Share, running towards the home turn, 400 left to go. He opens up on them now, the favourite. He's five lengths in front to Cusco Lad, and then came behind them uh, on the outside, Morton Bay, further back in the field. On the inside, Apple Cross, Mr Larrabee, getting to the centre of the track, and last of all was Mockiel Chief, but with a furlong to run, it's Dare to Share. He's in one postcode, the rest in another. He's charging towards the Beban, and he's about eight or nine lengths in front, and he is going to absolutely thrash them here, Dare to Share. Jock takes a big look over the shoulder. He won by the best part of ten. Second, Mr Larrabee. Third in then was either Cusco Lad. Yeah, Pat Duff, started favourite. Favourite punters were cheering there in one of the races at Bundaberg last weekend. Tony Clements joins us. Good morning to you, Tony. Hello, Steve. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up the country news. And as Jared Wessel said in the call, the jock takes a big look over the shoulder. Well done, Shania Willis, part of a winning double at the Tab program at Bundaberg on the sand there with the king of the sand track winners in Pat Duff with Dare to Share. And as Steve said, starting the $2.05 favourite, winning by nine and a half lengths over Mr. Ba- Mr. Larrabee and Cuzco Lad in an absolute display there at Bundaberg on Saturday. Lots to talk about on Bushbeat today. The Dolby Cannonball on Saturday went to circularity. Big day at Innisfile for Jenna Edwards riding a treble. They unveiled the new broadcast tower and judges box at Emerald and it wouldn't be an Emerald meeting if Glenda, Be- Glenda Bell didn't have winners there which she had a double and Tasha Chambers also with a double and we're also going to uh, take a look at what's coming up in the week ahead. Rob Luck is with us to check out all of the news as always. G'day Rob. Yeah good morning Tony, Steve and uh, listeners and great to hear that win by Dare to Share and Pat Duff going up to Bundaberg. That horse has now got two wins in two seconds from only four at the track and I love Jared Wessel's local knowledge, uh, being the Bundaberg boy that is charging off to Thabiban, one of the suburbs <laughs> there in Bundaberg. Um, so, uh, great win there. And you mentioned Shania Willis, Tony. She had the double on the day, but this is how tough these jockeys are. She had a tumble in uh, the following race, race number four on City Chick, and then bounced straight back for Lee Wanless on Bet Lucy to round up the double for Shania. So uh, well done to that young uh, lady. And also uh, congratulations go out uh, from that meeting to uh, Johnny Manzeman with Mashani Mystique. That brought up win number 50 on the Country Trainers Premiership. Uh, and I know there's no such thing as uh, a certainty in racing, but I think he's pretty well wrapped up that, jock, uh, that Trainers Premiership uh, with that win. And Nicky Olzard, who rode uh, Mashani Mystique for John, had come off a double at Bowen on Friday. So Nicky riding in great form, and that was a very strong win by Mashani's Mystique, but congratulations to Rocket Lodge in Mackay. Big team effort there, uh, headed by John, of course, travelling all over the state, Tony. Yeah, John's got 50 up now for the season so far, considering the season only started back in August and we've still got several months to get through. Yeah. Uh, but with 50, he's got a, a commanding lead at the moment over Tanya Parry sitting on 23 and Steve Massingham on 22. But, uh, gee, it's tight in the, the jockey's title at the moment, Rob. Brooke Johnson on 33 with Lacey Morrison on 31, Ryan Wiggins 29 and Gabby Simmons 27, Mackenzie Appel on 26. And our thoughts with Mackenzie after a tumble at Emerald we'll hear more about with Scotty Power this morning. But... That's a real tussle at the moment. That's going to, I think, go right down to the wire. Yeah, and that one has been chopping and changing, although Brooke Johnson has uh, been spearing out to the front for a little while now. But Lacey Morrison, of course, when that far north comes back on with more country racing and, of course, the uh, central west and the northwest come back on, these things can change uh, pretty rapidly for the jockeys. And talking about racing returning, Tony, 
I've uh, managed to find my way back after five days of hard work out at Barker's in Longreach, but in the time I was there, I made sure I uh, went out to the track out at Longreach. Uh, boy, oh boy, that club has certainly um, gone on in leaps and bounds, and that jockey's uh, building that new structure they've got there is absolutely magnificent uh, for the jockeys there and of course Helen Morton the secretary is housed in that area now but as well you'll remember the old jockeys room it's all been converted now to a, a tea room for all the workers plus a viewing area for the jockeys and workers and uh, a new stewards area because there is a Curic steward who's based permanently in Longreach now and uh, they have uh, uh, commandeered the, uh, Helen's old room, knocked the wall down, made good use of the facility. So just continues to uh, grow. And, of course, this weekend they are putting on the pre-trials, the, the trials prior to racing returning, and uh, hopefully the weather holds because they tried it last year as well. Uh, so trainers uh, just get hold of uh, Helen Morton or Andrew Watts um, with any nominations and jockeys that are available because uh, it's really good to see that uh, support given to the stakeholders getting ready for the new racing season. So, again, congratulations to a country club going places. We mentioned there with Shania Willis riding a double at the tab meeting at Bundaberg on Saturday. Just a quick glance at what did happen at the provincial tab meetings through the week. Wouldn't be a Townsville Thursday if Justin Stanley didn't ride a couple of winners there, which he did last Thursday. Graham Hughes and Les Gordy each training a double. Bowen on the Friday program. Uh, a couple of good combinations here. Gabby Simmons and Tom Button on their home track with a double. Warwick Sadley and Graham Green combining with a double for the Rocky Connection and Nicky Olzard riding a double there as well. And then at the Toowoomba program Saturday, Saturday night, uh, Nozzy Tomazawa rode a treble. Pat Webster and Bubba Tilly combined for a double there. But mentioning Justin Stanley, uh, not only did he ride that double at uh, Townsville on Thursday, he made his way out to the non-tab program at Dolby on Saturday and won the Cannonball. And Stanley is stacking and racking on circularity and has the advantage of the inside over Legend of Zorro and Holiday Dreams parked on a limb. Then came Turbo Art, Fire King staying down to the inside, just uh, saving up for one last crack at them. Circularity heads up for home. He leads the way from Legend of Zorro. Fire King's getting a little bit closer. He looks the danger now as Stanley opens up Circularity. Fire King trying to get on terms with Legend of Zorro, but Circularity lets down now. He gets serious at the business end of the cannonball and allows Stanley to sit up near the line and he wins the margin. Bit over two over Legend of Zorro. Zorro and Fire King just out sprinted late, but a nice return. Yeah, Circularity taking out the Dolby Allied Health Cannonball flying there on Saturday at Bunya Park. They've had plenty of rain there over the past couple of weeks, so I'm sure that things would have looked nice and lush and green as Brett Moody joins us on Bushbeat this week. G'day, Brett. Yes, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, everybody. And yes, you certainly hit the nail on the head. I put a couple of posts out uh, on Facebook. But generally, the overall opinion, and including going back to uh, people that have been there for a number of decades, that the track had never been better. Of course, we had the enforced layoff uh, with that uh, Friday meeting in January being washed out. So it just uh, served. Uh, there was a obviously short-term pain for long-term gain because it gave it another three weeks to uh, recuperate. And then, of course, they had the uh, the rain in the early over the weekend, the early part of the week. And uh, it was just magnificent. And generally, that's a consensus of everybody. I uh, started off on a heavy eight, we upgraded to a, a soft seven after race two, and it, they just didn't mark the track. And uh, the times were were uh, commensurate with probably a, a soft six or a soft five, which is a perfect racing surface. Yeah. Uh, good morning to you, Brett. 
and uh, Justin Stanley. He, he just rides up a storm wherever he goes. You know, we're renowned for travelling right up the uh, the east coast of, of Queensland. Not only does he get to travel out there at Dolby, uh, both, but both you and him bounce back at Toowoomba, I note. Uh, he bounced back with a winner for Lindsay Hatch at Toowoomba on Saturday night with uh, Perfect Encounter. I noticed you were there uh, interviewing Nozzy Tomazawa, I think, after a win. So it's only down the road, I know, Dolby. But boy, oh boy, he rides extremely well. And there was no different at Dolby on Saturday. Yeah, well, he's obviously a, a four-time group winning jockey uh, with uh, a tally of uh, over 1,500 winners. So, yeah, he uh, he certainly doesn't need any introduction. And uh, But it was an added bonus to the trainers and also to the, the crowd. And, and, and my submission to the... Other, a lot of apprentice jockeys there as well to uh, see Jay Stanley at his best putting on a clinic there, winning treble at Tadalby and as you mentioned, added a further one so and then on the top of his double at Townsville, so six winners in three days, so he's over the 50 mark for the season uh, lost count of the number of uh, 50 plus seasons that JP has had but um, he was certainly on fire there uh, and we uh, touched on Circularity winning the uh, Cannonball for Lindsay Hatch. Uh, this horse coming off uh, the Magic Millions Country Cup form where he was a close fifth in the qualifier at Warwick. And then he was only four lengths in, off in the uh, the final on the Magic Millions Day behind Zoom Meteor. So to see uh, black figures there was, um, I must uh, admit, I was uh, giggling a little bit, although a little bit worried about the... Uh, uh, the appearance of Fire King in the race. You just never know with these horses uh, racing so well. Uh, freshened up, it, you would have thought that the 1,000 would be too short for him, and so it was. So this is the uh, race that um, was the, is a traditional lead-up to the uh, new market next month at to Dolby. It doesn't carry the um, automatic uh, entry that it used to have, which uh, used to boost the uh, Cannon Mall and then, of course, it flowed on the uh, new market then was uh, automatic entry into the Wheatwood. So that's all changed a little bit. But uh, last year, Elusive Eagle did the double. Plenty of horses have done the double. And Circularity uh, will be attempting the uh, double. He's only a little horse. Lindsay Hatch uh, said he was a little concerned about the 63. But once he got uh, such an easy time in front, uh, he was quite confident that he would go on with the job and that he did. And he's hoping that obviously he'll uh, be better served in the handicap conditions uh, of the new market. So that will be his uh, his next goal this campaign, a great return by Fire King. But I must m- mention Legend of Zorro expected him to drop off later under the threat of these uh, two uh, high-class provincial gallopers. Um, but he stuck on well and actually nosed out Fire King there. The Fire King being ticked over obviously has a 1,400 or a 1,600 metre provincial win uh, in line in his next start, I would suggest. Was it um, the Cannonball breath that the great um, sprinter of Pat Duff, Star of Florida, won? I remember him going out to Dolby and setting a blistering track record there, but I can't remember if it was the Cannonball or another speedy sprint race that they had there at Bunya Park. Yeah, it's... It was the lightning on uh, Newmarket Day, so they had That's the right. uh, lightning over the 800, and um, and then of course the uh, Newmarket over the 1200. He won the uh, lightning as a three-year-old, uh, and again Pat just uh, he was such a great supporter of country racing. He he thought he'd uh, he loved Dolby, and he thought he'd just uh, put him on show. He had this promising three-year-old, mm. and of course. Uh, then he went on to uh, Group 1 glory mm. in that campaign, so or Group 1 uh, runner-up in the Galaxy. So 
Um, that was certainly a boost, and he ran an Australasian record. I'm not uh, too sure if it's still an Australasian record for the 800, but uh, it stood stood for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the class of circularity shows through also when you see a horse that's got virtually a 33% win record with nine from 27, you'd certainly love to have them as stable, Brett. And uh, the two other winners for Justin Stanley, uh, one with Tony and Matty Sears, uh, kicked off the program in the final, one bookended the program with McCarter and uh, Joe Gleeson. Yeah, exclusive drop uh, was obviously nom for the race, the cutest race at uh, Toowoomba, but they elected to go for this easier option. She was just a class above them. So it was interesting that they did uh, present this option because she had, uh, you know, of course she was runner-up to uh, the very promising 10 Trinity Square at uh, Toowoomba on New Year's Day at the New Year's Day meeting there and was certainly not disgraced. And then a last start placing at Gatton Tab meeting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she, she's got her win on the board now. She's got a good page. She's by the group two. Uh, Skyline winner in uh, Santos, and I'm Invincible Sire, out of a more than ready mare, uh, Vintage Drop, who won two out of five for Mick Price, had a career cut short. So she's got a very good page. I guess they're just trying to manage her to get as many wins as possible. I'm not sure what the future holds, but she certainly was far too good there for non-tab grade. And uh, as you mentioned, Makata, she just loves the uh, 1,400 at to Dolby. That was her third win at the 1,400 at to Dolby for Joe Gleeson. She jumped off barrier one. Uh, just uh, J.P. Stanley, uh, just with the clock in his head, uh, realised that they were just going a little bit uh, quickly, so he handed up the lead uh, mid-race and just popped off the fence, and uh, and she was able to be nursed to the line to win by uh, three-quarters of the length there. So um, she'd been very consistent in the provincials, and uh, as I say now, that's her third win at the Dolby 1,400. Uh, beating home Delaney's girl who kept coming up on the inside was dropping back in distance and has uh, her foot on the till. So a treble for JP Stanley. And you mentioned uh, apprentices having the opportunity to be out there with uh, Justin Stanley. Well, Savannah McCann uh, kicking home another winner. And, of course, Matty Crop taking the cutest money with uh, Feeble Spirit in that uh, cutest benchmark 55. Yeah, great to see the full cutest bonus going off with uh, Feeble Spirit Beating Quest of Quest for Olivia Cairns. Didn't have much luck. Just got uh, checked on the home turn at a vital stage while Feeble Spirit did have a wide run throughout but had the momentum and was able to uh, win by a bit over length. And Lay Girls, who was favourite, uh, enjoyed a nice run uh, for Tom Dougal. Picked up the minor cutest money there. But uh, Feeble Spirit was backing up after a luckless run at Ipswich on the previous Saturday. So that's the sort of... Standard uh, that you've uh, that you meet here, despite it being a non-tab meeting, it really is only a mm. name. Only have to have a horse that uh, is at least capable of provincial placing, if not winning. Uh, and uh, she had a wide run there at Ipswich the previous Saturday. And uh, the only surprise was uh, the price uh, about her. Of course, Quest of Quests uh, likewise was uh, coming off that close fifth at the Sunshine Coast, beaten under two lengths. So that was the form out of that cutest race, certainly one of the highlights of the day. And we have to mention, uh, just wrapping up the program, the Evergreen trainer, Mark Goodwin. He just turned 70, but you wouldn't wouldn't know it. Uh, Of course, uh, Mark, uh, we go back to um, when I first started calling. Mark was a leading trainer and, of course, uh, often... uh, Carried horses from Roma to win in town um, and yeah, had many, many good horses. But he's uh, ticking over now and uh, he's picked up another one here with this hot Sunday. 
put the writing on the wall from that bill meeting. That's been one of the, uh, you know, as we highlighted uh, when I did the uh, review of Bell, uh, it was certainly a provincial class meeting and we saw Selling Sunset caught the eye and hopefully our Black Book followers from the bush beat uh, followed her as I highlighted her coming from uh, last up on the inside to run third. She came out and won midweek Metro uh, race at her next start and uh, paid $32. So I only regret as I didn't have a little bit more on. But uh, <laughs> Hot Sunday was fourth uh, in that race and was an eye-catcher, was wide throughout on that tight-turning uh, circuit. Nathan Fazakli, great to see him back in the saddle. He's been off since October mm. and uh, that was his first meeting back and... Uh, it was a nice way to return because uh, she dropped into the box seat just off the speed, popped off, and uh, the rest was just a formality. So um, she should go on to uh, to win more races. Nice to see Mark Goodwin with that winner, as you say, had a couple of starters there at Dolby, but also nice to see Warp Speed with a, a very handy fourth in town at Eagle Farm on Saturday in behind uh, Daytona Bay. So as you say, it shall not weary them. Uh, you're never too old. You're just too lazy sometimes. Yeah, and he's certainly not uh, not that. And, uh, yes, of course, uh, Jemima, her daughter, um, she took over for a period there, and uh, it's great to see Mark back at the races. You mentioned the uh, Newmarket Lightning meeting coming up on the 2nd of March. Uh, where's your next port of call to uh, bring out the 10 by 50s before then? I'll be off to the uh, Sand at uh, Miles next Saturday. Yeah, that's always a great meeting and uh, looking forward to it. All right, Marilla Cup Day. Well, we may as well then say we'll book in to uh, join us next week on Bushbeat to talk about that. No problem. That'll be great. Good on, good on you, Brett. Brett Moody there, checking in with what happened at Dolby on the weekend. Let's head north and turn our attentions now to uh, what happened at Innisfail. And as I said, it was a big day out for Jenna Edwards. And they straighten up, and it's over the falls in front. Heroic Angel goes up. Swanky Sue's peeled off their backs and is going to the crown of the track. And Modern Legend is starting a long and sustained run from the rear. Over the falls in front. It's fighting on strongly over the falls. Over the falls has got a length in front. Swanky Sue trying hard with Modern Legend and also Heroic Angel, but it's over the falls. Over the falls will win now tight for the miners. Over the Falls beating Heroic Angel and Modern Legend in the Daltos Benchmark 50 there over the uh, 1500 metre journey, the last of the uh, six race program and good to see six races there at Innisfail on Saturday. Rob, we're going to have a chat with Peter Rowe, we just need Pete to uh, come off duties uh, at uh, Pacani's IGA there at the moment to be able to join us to have a chat about what happened there on the weekend but great to see Jenna Edwards in form with a treble there at that program. Yeah, we mentioned Jenna a few weeks back. I think she had a double, her and Tessa Townsend, if I recall correctly, and uh, starting to boot home the winners regularly, and I'm pretty sure it'd be close to her first treble. And to do them with on horses such as Ruby July, that has such an outstanding record, this particular Ballast Premier for Michael Lee, 11 wins from 24. We mentioned that other horse, uh, Dolby, with a 33% win record. Well, this is virtually a sitting on a 50% win record. As an owner or trainer, you love to have them in the stable. So uh, Jenna, of course, with that 63.5 on Ruby July, Michael Lee opting for the apprenticeship claim of two kilos. But you've got to still be able to boot them home and then to, uh, to have the confidence to go through with that and produce the treble on the day. Congratulations uh, to Jenna. Uh, she's down to a two-kilo claim now, Tony. So obviously riding winners regularly and of course um, 
it was part of a double for Scott Cooper that she got uh, her remaining wins on. In fact, they were the last two races on the program. So successive wins to complete the treble for Jenner. And I'm pretty sure we're going to hear more of her name in the north and far north as um, trainers snap up the option to put her on their horses because uh, she produced some good rides there and they're all pretty convincing winners on the day for that treble. Yeah, Bluey Forsyth had his work cut out for him in most of the races where there was some fairly tight finishes there. I think the biggest margin of the day uh, was on Hanida uh, for Mar- uh, Maria Patiris, Denisha Smith in the saddle there, won by uh, a bit over two and a half over Starfilly and Aglot in the benchmark 60 over 1100. But they had some very tight racing there and it was good to see Innisfail back up and running because, of course, they'd lost a couple of meetings through the December-January period with all of the wet and threat of cyclones and everything like that. And to get the boost there into the six-race program, I thought was great. Yeah, and I think we've heard Peter comment many times that this is a, a fantastic uh, racing surface at Innisfail and uh, these six-event programs, you know, help catch up with the loss of meetings uh, just certainly adds to stakeholders' opportunities to um, to pick up the, the prize money. And good to see experienced jockeys also like Scott Sheargold. He's another one who's uh, riding on a bit of a crest of the wave. Um, you know, he produced a double on the day as well. Uh, firstly with Evil Woman for Ralph Baker and then Maggie's Me Name. Uh, this one for Ralph Baker as well. Ralph Baker getting the double as well. Uh, this one's interesting, Maggie's Me Name. Um, it's a Russian Revolution filly, a three-year-old. One win from six with three minor placings, but two placings and a win from only three stable starts. That's uh, not cutest, so the money didn't go off. The second place getter that Trevor and Peter Rowe had in short nap picked up some cutest money and um, hitched in Manhattan into third. There was no cutest money there. So uh, Ralph Baker, uh, double there. Scott Sheargold, the double. Jenna Edwards, the uh, treble. And, of course, um, Scotty Cooper uh, produced uh, that double as well. So across the board there, the fields were pretty strong for this time of the year. Um, and uh, Golden uh, Rose of Athens was one of the winners there for Jenna Edwards. I mightn't have mentioned it won two back this Golden Archer. Um, it uh, defeated Bones Bailey's Power Puff, but uh, I'm not sure if we've got uh, Pete on the line yet, Tony. No, he uh, must be otherwise uh, occupied. We do uh, always Im- Im- uh, impose on our correspondents. They've always got other things that they're doing. Brett Moody always takes his coffee break when we need him in time for Bush beaten. <laughs> I'm sure that there's been something like a Service 80 call go out for uh, for Peter this morning. So, unfortunately, no, he hasn't been able to come on and uh, have a chat with us about it. Um, but, yeah, mentioning uh, the other uh, program there at Innisfail and great to see them back up and racing. I know they've been uh, troubled by plenty of wet weather up in the north. And this uh, coming Saturday, fingers crossed, everything A-OK for Townsville's uh, TAB program. But looking ahead, Rob, we're going to be getting into the cutest dual qualifiers as we mm. get later into this month. The first of those is going to bob up at Cannon Park at Cairns on the 19th of February. That's the first of the three-year-old cutest dual qualifiers. The first of the uh, two-year-old qualifiers will be the following day at Townsville on February 20. Then we line up on uh, February 23rd at Mackay with another three-year-old qualifier. There's also some qualifiers in town with the Dermot program on Feb 24. That's the dual preludes for the two-year-old fillies, two-year-old Colton Girlings and the three-year-olds. Uh, and then the uh, the last of the uh, two-year-old qualifiers will be at Rockhampton on the 24th of February. And, of course, this is all leading up to the uh, cutest dual race day at the Gold Coast, uh, which is coming up on the 9th of March that will feature the $500,000 two-year-old dual and three-year-old dual, as well as the $150,000 gold dual. That's going to come around before we know it. 
Yes, and of course it all wraps around with the uh, the March cutest uh, yearling sale. We all know this is almost my favourite time of the year, I think, Tony, as we <laughs> lead into that. But to have all these uh, these qualifiers happening uh, throughout the country uh, areas is uh, is a real bonus. And uh, it's something that you can look forward to that meeting. It's, it's a really top meeting at uh, the Gold Coast. I love going to it, the cutest jewel meeting. It's just, it just doesn't have that overcrowded feel to it it's got sensational racing it's a bit like the wave day before oh, as part of the magic million series it really has um attracted its standalone status leading into the sales and that online catalog now available for the march q to sale which uh, of course means that the the catalog booklets themselves uh won't be too far away and when you're in semi-retirement like me tony that's good reading always at this time of the year <laughs> some people will sit down with a matthew Rowling novel at night no rob luck sits down <laughs> with the cutest catalog at night i get the best of both worlds i get plenty of novels to read as well after being at barker's for five days work come back with a an armful of books to take with me and uh yeah but this takes precedent the catalogs that's for sure Let's uh, move on with time on the wing this morning. Uh, let's uh, see what happened at Emerald on the weekend where Scotty Power was able to call from a brand-new broadcast box. As they come towards the 500-metre mark, it's Beppe and Awanichi. Oh, there's been a fall. One's come down at the back at Starhattan. And let's hope everything is OK with the rider. As they straighten up, they come down past the 250. Awanichi got clear. Up by three lengths to Menindi. They're followed by Beppe. Deference. And on the outside was Magic on Ice. He loves it here, doesn't he? He's back again. Awanichi bolts in. Wins by five lengths. Menindi second. Third was Beppy, then Deference. The CMF forklifts open plate over 1,100 and Awanichi for Ash Butler and Raymond Williams uh, carrying 61.5 kilo in all, beating Menindi by 4.5, beating Beppy by a further 4.5, beating Deference by a further 3.5. Absolutely gapped them. And the voice you heard there was Scott Bauer, who's with us on Bushbeat this week. G'day, Scott. Hey, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, good morning to you, Scott. As you said in the call, he absolutely loves it uh, at Emerald, doesn't he, Awanichi? He's a nine-year-old now, 19 wins from uh, 70 starts. And uh, at the track, nine wins, seven minor placings from 18 runs. So you're spot on. He certainly loves it, and he absolutely gapped the field. So good to see Raymond Williams has him has him back uh, on song. Oh, perfect. It was, Robbie, on Saturday. Yeah, and it was an early birthday present for Raymond also because his birthday was on Sunday, and... Yeah, Awanichi, these, these open plates, it's it's good to see the open plates go ahead because it gives these horses that are normally carrying the 65, you know, 65 kilos, etc. It gives them a better chance, doesn't it? You know, I know they're hmm. going to go for the claims, etc. But uh, with 61 and a half, Awanichi was right in that up to his ears. And uh, gee, he, he travelled so easily in the early middle, middle part of the race. Those horses were being pushed along to be uh, level with him in that early part. He began so well and Butler was able to get him across to the rail and he just sort of was sitting there smoking his pipe. And unfortunately in that race, there was a, an incident where Star Hatton came to grief and young Mackenzie Appel uh, had a nasty fall. But Mackenzie is going OK. Uh, she was quite conscious, was taken to a, a hospital for precautionary measures. And um, I did get a message from her on the Sunday and, you know, on behalf of the racing fraternity, wishing Mackenzie a speedy recovery. She'll be back. Uh, just a little bit sore she was on on the Sunday and... Yeah, Mackenzie, if you're listening, yeah, you just take it easy and get yourself right, and we'll see you back in no time. And um, yeah, back to Awanichi, yeah, Ash Butler and Raymond Williams combined. It was a very, very easy win. Menindi second, Wayne Baker uh, trains the horse and ridden by Timmy Brummel, and Beppy another uh, four and a half lengths way back third for Emma Bell and, and Billy Trimble uh, to wind up those minor placings. But yeah, Awanichi, gee, 
and kept him in over the uh, Christmas New Year period just to keep him that bit fresh on the fresh side, Arwenichi. But he looked absolutely brilliant in condition on Saturday. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in another Battle of the Bush final come June. Yeah, look, he he came good again at the end of the year. And I was about to say, he, he would have had that fitness, uh, residual fitness with him uh, going into the race. Uh, and, and he becomes one of those benchmark sprinters that, that tests the uh, the remainder of the field uh, when he makes those finals, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it. Uh, but, Scotty, of course, a big feature of the meeting was your new tower, um, the new caller's box, the old one taken down, new one put in place. But tell me, have they uh, given you a new sound system as well with it? Um, the actual roving mic, it actually worked on the weekend. I used it because there's still a little bit of work to complete the yep. wiring, etc. Uh, up in the up in the tower, but uh, racing Queensland in conjunction with the Emerald Jockey Club, who've done a tremendous job in and uh, having that new tower in place, uh, a brilliant view. Um, I can open the windows right up um, at the front um, whilst cooling, which I, I prefer. And um, you know the side views uh, tremendous, and there's an aircon in both the judges' tower and also the coolers' box, so they're separated. You can't sort of um, speak to so there, so the intercom system will come into place as well, but. No, you know, well done to the uh, the club and also Racing Queensland who uh, assisted with that uh, new tower, which uh, yeah was in action for the first time on the weekend. Yeah, they they're doing it across country Queensland. Uh, obviously, Longreach has got one, and places like Ilfracombe have got them. Chinchilla's a new one, and Bar Calden's waiting from theirs. So it certainly uh, takes you into the future. And uh, do you do as much exercise uh, with the climbing, Scotty, or have they made it a bit easier to get to the top? <laughs> Well, the, the most exercise I do, as you know, Robbie, is actually mowing the yard. So uh, climbing <laughs> up and down the stairs a few times on Saturday certainly uh, tested out a few of those muscles that are a little bit tender on Monday. <laughs> well, back to the uh, the racing uh, there. And, of course, it wouldn't be an Emerald meeting without Arnie Glenda, Glenda Bell, getting the double. And also good to see Tash Chambers with a double on the program too, Scotty. Yeah, that was great to see. And, um, yeah, like Glenda had a number of runners. She's a great supporter of the racing in general and uh, was able to um, win the maiden with the outsider of those uh, three runners she had in the maiden with Lutine Bell, which gave uh, Glenda the first leg of the training double and Tash the first leg of a a riding double. Tash Chambers uh, did a lot of work in the early and middle part of the race. They did add the blinkers to Lutine Bell, raced by Bobby White, who raced the mural and a couple of other horses that Glenda has in her stable but Latine Bell uh, fought off the challenges, uh, you know, that we, they sort of came at her at that 150-metre mark and, and she was taking fairy-like steps and so were the others behind her. But there was a tremendous effort to hold on and win. Astro Wally for Warwick Sadley and Glenda Bell. Uh, he got back and uh, charged on that last bit to finish in second spot. And Super Rooster finished third for Brooke Johnson and Craig Russell. But overall, it was a, you know, very, very... Um, Tough win to Latine Bell, uh, well-bred too, um, by Dundeal at a Magic Bell, raced by Bobby White, as I said, and trained by Glenda Bell. Uh, that took us to race four. That was the second leg of the, the riding double for Tash Chambers because she teamed up with Mark Oakes and thanked Bruce. And similar circumstances here where it did a lot of the work up front and Tash was able to take a sit on it because Bank on a Jet went uh, hard in that early and middle part of the race and thanks Bruce was on the inside of Bank on a Jet. She was able to beat it off on the corner and and raced away to win quite easily in the end. Uh, thanks, Bruce. Um, second was My Girl of Spirit for Brooke Johnson and Julianne Lancaster. And winding up third was not quite like Jack Rash, Butler and Craig Smith. Now, we'll go to the last uh, to wrap up the doubles, which was uh, Glenda Bell's training double um, in the last with the, the best bet of the day, I thought. You bet I do on his previous run because he finished 
a very good second in Rockhampton over the 1600 and Warwick Satterley stuck with the horse and was able to give him a, an easy run on that early and middle part of the 1615 at Emerald and uh, when he straightened up he got him to the outside and you bet I do raced away to win quite easily in the end. Horse side hot stuff for Wayne Baker and Timmy Brummel was a good run because it did a lot of the bullying up front in that um, you know middle part of the race because he got to the lead after working early to get across and uh, was able to um, hold it and finish at second spot. And Benatari for Brooke Johnson and Cameron Dixon wound up in third. That takes us back to the opening of the program, mate, which was the first event, and it was good to see Deep Williams win again here for Wayne Baker and Timmy Brummel. Um, it did run a very good race here at Emerald uh, back in December at the last meeting. It won a chinchilla after that, and it was able to sit just off the speed in that 1,000-metre race, and, and Brummel was able to kick it away when they straightened up and was far too good for them at the end. Power sister for Tyler Leslight and Bevan Johnson finished second. And Coco Cuba, a newcomer to the Glenda Bell stable, ridden by Emma Bell, finished in third spot. And I spoke to Wayne after the race. He said that Deep Means was a horse that sort of they, they tried to race up right on the speed with uh, minutes early racing career. And Justin Stanley rode, rode him at the meeting uh, back in December and, and suggested to maybe uh, just to sit off him a bit. And that sort of came to fruition because Stanley won him with a chinchilla and, and then Timmy Brummel was able to do a similar job there at Emerald on Saturday. But... Overall, it was a great day's racing. The first meeting for uh, 2024 in our way, and um, our next meeting is uh, Easter Saturday at Emerald. That's on the 30th of March. I was just going to ask that as uh, a little bit of a break now for Pioneer Park, uh, but you've answered that. Yeah, Easter Saturday is going to be a very busy weekend across the countryside <laughs> with plenty of race meetings on. So, yeah, the track gets a little bit of a breather before the next uh, program comes around. Yeah, and the tracks, uh, it raced very good. We had that bit of rain the, the week before, um, but yeah, overall, it's it's got a good coverage of grass, and and Raymond uh, Williams is doing a great job with it, uh, keeping it in tip-top condition. The animal surface. Yeah, there's been no looking back uh, with that track, uh, with those renovations and and the work going into it, Scotty. But where do you go to uh, next with the calling? Well, St. Paddy's and Springshaw is the next meeting, but Tony McMahon calls that meeting. Uh, my next meeting will actually be the Easter Saturday. Uh, 30th of March. So yeah, first up after a spell, mate, was last Saturday, and then I'll have a, a bit of a freshen up and back into it again on Easter Saturday. <laughs> Gone chinsaw after the first run up and down the stairs. <laughs> we have to put you back out in the paddock. <laughs> no worries, boys. Good on you, Scotty. Have a great time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, thanks, Tom. Good morning, to you. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Scott Power there checking in with what happened at Emerald on the weekend. And Rob, just before we head off for the week, want to mention also that uh, we're following through these non-tab programs in South Australia as well. The uh, Bill Holland series headed to Sejuna on Saturday for Heat 2 of the Bill Holland. And it was the Sejuna Cup taken out by the Megan Gillespie-trained Diamonds R, written by 4-kilo claiming apprentice Ivy Lamb, defeating... Uh, uh, Simon Druitt's Street Culture and Brendan Davis's Django Express. The first leg uh, of the uh, the Bill Holland was actually at Sejuna as well back on the 3rd of December. That was the Thevenard Cup. Give Peace a Chance was successful there, beating Valaro and Chon Cape. And this is one of those series, like the Limestone Coast series, where they get bonus points for multiple starts throughout the series. So Give Peace a Chance lining up in both those races so far picks up some extra points. 
I'm still trying to work out how all this points system works and I'll get on to uh, Thoroughbred Racing South Australia to make sure I've got it all right. But the way I have it at the moment, after just two legs, give Peace a chance uh, as leading diamonds are and Chon Cape in the uh, the horse tally. The jockey title, Murray Henderson and Ivy Lamb sharing that at the moment with uh, wins on those two Sejuna races ahead of Caitlin Munro. And uh, for the trainers, Des Courtney and Megan Gillespie with their wins ahead of Brendan Davis. So we'll be following that one with interest. The uh, next leg of that is going to be heading off. I did have that down. Uh, heat three. Uh, now I've lost it. Heat three is going to come around. Might be lock coming up uh, towards the end of the month. Um, but I'll follow up on that exactly, which is going to be the next leg there. But the next of the uh, SA series that we'll be following is going to be the Limestone Coast series. And this coming Sunday, that heads to Narracourt for the fourth leg of that. So, yeah, plenty of interest in the, the non-TAM mm. programs there through uh, South Australia, uh, coming up towards uh, things like the Lock Cup, the Penong Cup, the Kimber Cup at Port Lincoln, and, of course, the Streaky Bay Cup coming up on the 23rd of March. And I'm not sure if you did mention it then, but Ivy Lamb, Tony, that was her first winning ride on Diamonds R, um, mm. by what I could see of the records there. And, of course, all the ladies on course, I'm sure, would have had that as the omen better the day because I always hear that Diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> Very so well I'm sure it up. stood out as an omen bet. Yeah, just looking at Ivy's record there, yeah, seven rides so far, going back to um, Australia Day, uh, riding at Murray Bridge mm. and then... The, uh, the busy weekend at Strathalbyn and then uh, a full card at Sojourner, including her first winner there on Diamonds R. So welcome to the winner's list, Ivy. <laughs> it's always a, one they will remember, their very first uh, winning ride. But we start to build again, don't we, with the, uh, the meetings coming up. And as Brett uh, mentioned, the non-tab meeting, the big one coming up, Marilla Cup on Saturday at Miles as well as Nanango for Queensland. I tell you what, it will be an attraction there at uh, the Marilla Cup program on the sand at Miles. Fab's Cowboy will be returning after posting his 50th career winner with his uh, win at Mount Isa back on the 2nd of December. He's had a little bit of a break now and uh, Billy mm -hmm. Johnson had already flagged that he was going to be heading to the Miles Cup because, or the Marilla Cup at Miles because um, I guess that's sort of a hometown cup for the Currens and, and Billy did train there at the crossroads there for a good while. Mm -hmm. So... Great to see the uh, the twelve year old back in action and hoping to make it win number fifty one on the weekend. We'll follow that with interest and have the report with um, Brett on Bushbeat next week, um, and I'll be back next week as well to follow up with that as we lead into those exciting sales news coming up. Just a reminder that that cutest March sale just around the corner, and uh, we look forward to all those cutest, cutest dual qualifier events to report on on Bushbeat. We'll do that again next week, Tony. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us. And as always, our thanks to our special guests, Brett Moody, Scott Power and Rob Luck, joining us this week. Good luck to the clubs racing this Saturday, the non-tab meetings at Miles and Anango, as well as the tab programs through the week, Thursday at Gatton, Friday Rockhampton, Saturday Toowoomba and Townsville. And as I mentioned, the Narracourt Cup is Heat 4 of the SA Limestone Coast Series coming up on Sunday. If you missed any of the show, as always, a podcast replay available at the Radio Tab Megaphone page. The link for that goes out on X or Twitter at Radio Tab Oz. And, of course, we'll put it up on the Country Punters page on Facebook as well. And we'll be back next week to talk more country racing here on Bushbeat.